What is up, Jan Extras? Welcome back to the water cooler. You know, do you ever see or hear something that makes you feel really old? I had a couple of those this week. The other day I saw something first that said it was the 41st anniversary of the eruption of Mount St. Helens. And boy, that made me feel really old. You know, I remember very vividly as a kid, uh, all the news reports, but, you know, more specifically seeing, you know, the ash kind of rolling in in the morning and, and coating the front yard and the garden and the trees and, and just, it, it, it was just very dark and, and spooky. And it was just, it was just a really surreal experience. And, you know, even as a kid, as a young Gen Xer, that, that was uh, one of those uh, memories that are very, very vivid. And so seeing that that was 41 years ago, boy, that, that made me feel really old. The second thing that makes me feel really old is being able to relive the 70s. That makes me feel really, really old. You know, I, I never anticipated that we would be living a Cardinal Administration 2.0, but here we are. If, if you remember, you saw that uh, picture a couple of, of weeks ago. It, it got some mockery online with Joe and Jill Biden and the Carters. And it was a really weird, bizarre picture where the Bidens were were kneeling next to the to the Carters and shaking their hands, and the Carters were sitting in these little padded chairs, and it looked like either the Bidens were giants or the Carters were little people. And it was just really, really strange, really, really weird optics, and the and there was a lot of mocking online and the photographer was trying to explain and rationalize why it looked the way it did with the illusions and blah, 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 blah. Little did we know at the time that that was kind of a precursor of things to come, that the Bidens appearing with the Carters was just a signal of what we have to look for. And, and here we are, you know, the last week we, we touched briefly, it was very fresh at the time, but the uh, hack of the colonial pipeline and boy, that really blew up. And there was a lot of, you know, panic buying and gas shortages. And, and we seem to hear everything along, you know, the whole spectrum, which just makes you that much more skeptical and that much dis more distrusting of things that you hear in the media and things that you hear from, from any government official. But it, it apparently, it, you know, these hackers, you know, sent some ransomware, you know, to the Colonial Pipeline Company, which is a private company. And within apparently a few hours, the company paid the hackers a $5 million ransom, you know, for the codes to go in there and unlock the the ransomware and, and be able to have access to their to their systems again. But apparently this this took the the pipeline offline and then we get to all the all kinds of of contradicting things that we hear because the the first narrative that comes out that it was just panic buying and well the one thing that wasn't wasn't imagined is there were gas shortages all around the east and the southeast i believe in virginia and in north carolina and in georgia and nashville the gas stations were running out of gas and they were either couldn't refill it or it was very slow. And th there's this narrative that started to come out that 
this was just merely panic buying. And it, but then the the pipeline comes comes back online and and then these supplies were very short to replenish themselves. And so you think, well, wait a minute, was it panic buying? Or were there actually shortages? What was what was disrupted? And then you hear the, the the news of the the ransom that was paid, which again seems like a really bad idea. Um, and I also read some reports that this was actually a a very low ransom for for these types of of hacking groups. That typically they would be looking for something in the area of like twenty five million, but maybe that they saw you know, the scope of what they, they hacked and they may not have realized it and they saw that they may be a little bit out in front of their skis a little more than what they thought. And so they offered a, you know, a smaller ransom. But regardless, it seems like it was a really bad idea to to pay that, but but they did. But we just see all these these contradicting statements from government officials and and um, I, I just—it just makes me that much more skeptical. I, I just don't trust the media. I don't trust anything that I hear from some talking head in the government. I—I always—I I, want to see verification. I want to—they're going to have to give me more than that. Cause I, at this point, I just don't trust anything. And you know, furthering the moron train, uh, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, who is the—if you're not familiar with her—she's the failed governor of Michigan. But she came out with some really condescending statements. Well, I don't know why you would go here, but you know, but as you know, people were were stressed and frustrated, not being able to you know fill their cars or get or get gas, and she said something along the lines of, "Well, if you'd have uh, driven an electronic car or electric car, uh, this wouldn't be a problem for you, would it?" Uh, <laughs> you know, I. I, I guess that's one message that, that that you can send. It wouldn't be the one that I would suggest, but you know, if if your response to a crisis is condescension of the American people, well, I guess that's that's your brand of vodka, not mine. But uh, it was a, a really weird, weird thing that she said, and also doubling down on weird things, was saying something that well, this this shows that pipelines work. Um, are, are you the same? administration, the same energy secretary who was involved in the shutting down of the Keystone pipeline? I mean, if pipelines are the answer and it's the safest way to transport fuel, why then was that one of the first order of businesses was to shut that sucker down? Um, I, I don't know. Okay, but I, all I know is what followed that was a spike upwards of 60% in the price of gas at the pump. Uh, and that seems to be something that just hurts the middle class more than any. But it, it's certainly odd. What's even more odd is that in the wake of this colonial pipeline hack and the spike in oil prices and the spike in gas prices, uh, the Biden administration has waived sanctions against the Russian company that's in charge of the Nord Stream pipeline. This is a pipeline in in Europe that this this Russian company has an interest in and for a number of reasons that they, they had sanctions on them from the previous administration and in the face of shutting down the Keystone pipeline you know, and in the face of this pipeline hack he decides to 
lift the sanctions against the company that's in charge of this pipeline in Europe. This is about the time when you can cue the Hunter Biden conspiracy theories. Uh, Very curious that in a moment when you're doing everything you can to increase the price of, of energy and gas, you do something that would free up access for a pipeline run by Russians? Um, is it possible that that is to, to make those in charge of it wealthy? I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to deny those, those glaring, uh, coincidences and it would have to be one of those really unfortunate coincidences. But yeah, I'm, again, I'm not saying necessarily that it's there, but the timing of all of this is very, very curious. And I would think that given all the scandals that have erupted over and surrounding Hunter Biden, that they would want to tread very carefully with this. But they seem to just be saying, screw it, I'm going to do anyway. But I guess when you don't have a media that's going to call you out on your crap, this is what, what you're left with. But we'll see how that goes going forward. But I, I know if you're like me and, and you're actually industrious and working and, and providing for your family, you know, the, the cost of energy is something that, that definitely hits you hard. And, and you know, that's our, our brave new world And as we kick it 1970s style uh, here at the water cooler. Also, kicking it back to the 70s, you know, violence in Israel is erupting again. Which is extremely disappointing, given that the, the thing that I probably appreciated the most about the previous administration were the historic peace deals that they have were able to broker in the Middle East between Israel and a, a number of, of Arab countries in the Middle East. That seems to be crumbling very, very quickly. Not surprisingly, we we keep, seem to want to take us back to the foreign policies of the of the Obama administration and certainly that of the 70s where we acquiesced to terrorists in the Middle East, but, but such is our, our new political climate. But it seems to be the same old story that we're seeing, you know, where you know, Palestinians are launching rockets at civilian targets in Israel. Israel shoots them down. And in response, Israel targets uh, terrorist strongholds and, and terrorist interests. And the Palestinians will then use human shields and then claim atrocities by the Israelis. And then the fascist left will condemn Israel and defend the Palestinians and just rinse and repeat. It is a tired formula. I'm disinterested in it. I don't, I just, I, I don't care about that formula. What I do care is that the, this violence is escalating again. And that's really sad to see. What's fascinating, though, if, if you saw the video and uh, pictures of the Iron Dome in Israel, boy, is that sucker impressive, where you see these series of barrage of hundreds of rockets just being fired at Israel and, and these defense uh, rockets going up and just shooting those suckers down out of the sky. It's just it's, it's an impressive sight. And it, the fact that they have those capabilities is, is very impressive and and seems to do a lot of good, but not not if you're uh, you know, part of the fascist left. But you know, here we go. And speaking of the fascist left, not surprising. 
those uh, clowns of, of members of the the crew, I think they call them Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar, not surprisingly, are, are, are siding with, with the terrorists. But it's, it's amazing to see and it's almost kind of surreal the just brazen and overt praising of, of terrorists that, that goes on with them. But again, that's, again, that's our political climate. The fact that those clowns were, are there at all is sad. It's not productive and, and certainly destructive to anything you or I care about. But this is, a, that's, this is our, our lives as we kick it back to 1970 style. But the one thing that I, I, I do want to touch on that as I, I see this type of thing that happens in Israel and, and, and you see these weird protests in blue cities, you know, there's one here in Chicago and there's some in others where they're just frothing at the mouth and pro- protesting the violence in Israel. But as you look closer, they're just, they're condemning Israel for these attacks. And they will, they're defending themselves, number one. And two, they're shooting down or and, and target and target terrorist targets. And, and you know, it's been well documented that the Palestinians love to use human shields. And in one case, they shot down this this building where they were saying, well, this is, you know, the foreign press are there. This isn't a, 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 a target that's, that's a, a terrorist target. And then you look in further and it's something that's for years has been documented that the, you know, the, the press is in this, this building w- with, uh, th- that also has you know, terrorist organizations, uh, in that building. And, 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 and it's, unsurprising but disappointing one that the press would be cool with that and would chummy up to terrorists like that but it's and that's appalling that that there's this this feigned outrage these alligator tears that that israel would would do this but it's it's incredible that you you see see these protests and they're always against israel what i i don't seem to see or at least not published or, or protest in these big blue cities that are outraged at the Palestinians for attacking civilian targets and you know, in their use of human shields. And, and, and it just further, un- and then you also saw it also real quick, these attacks, the, the, a number of them in, in Los Angeles, I believe, uh, Adam Schiff, I, I believe this is your back, your neck of the woods in your backyard. But there was one, one video I saw where this group of, of, I, I don't know who they had mass, so who, who knows what groups they're part of, but certainly sympathetic to the Palestinians, just wailing on this Jewish guy outside of a restaurant. And this guy's trying to, trying to ward them off. He had like some, like this, some stanchion from like from a, that would use to, for people in line, just trying to ward them off. And they just beat this guy up against a van. And another one, this, this, this Jewish man is running away, being chased by, two groups of people in, in, in two cars. It's just, it's odd. I mean, this is in the United States. This is in Los Angeles. It's just, it's weird. It's odd. And I just, this is something that I will confess. It's a, maybe it's a weakness. I can call it that. But what I just don't understand is this overt anti-Semitism. I don't get it. I don't understand why so many people and groups of people, their knee-jerk hatred and animus is directed at Jewish people. I don't get it. I can kind of wrap my mind around the Palestinians. I mean, if this is someone or a group of people that believe that this is their holy land and they have rights to it and they see 
you know, th- this, this group of people, this state as impeding on that. And even though they lost a, lost a war over, over the land that, that they want to reclaim that, I, I guess I kind of get that. I, I can, not that I agree with it, but I, my mind can wrap around it again. But what I don't understand is the fascist left in the United States, how much they just constantly throw blame at the feet of Israel. They they throw blame at the feet of Jews. I don't get it. And you see the same thing in Europe. I mean, and again, I thought that was something that resolved itself in World War II. I mean, we're coming up on 100 years ago, but apparently we didn't. Apparently there's just this irrational Jewish hatred around that just wells up. And I, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. And what I further don't understand are the, the demographics among Jewish people that vote for this fascist left that is totally cool with their extinction. I, I don't get that either. And I, although I did see an interesting polling where I believe Hasidic Jews are you know, tend to vote very heavily Republican, but other, other, uh, uh, Jewish demographics are are the ones that tend to vote very heavily uh, uh, Democrat. But you know, I just it's just something that I don't understand. It's just a uh, it's it's something that I it, my brain doesn't connect the dots. I I can't I can't get it. I don't understand it. It but you see it over and over again. And at least since we were kids, and then certainly you know further back, you know going centuries. Uh, back, but again, I just, I just don't get it. I'm, I mean, I don't think there's anything you can do to convince me that it's okay. But here we are, again, we're, we're on this, uh, this nostalgic tour, this nostalgic tour of the 1970s, and and instability in the, in the Middle East, and hatred of Israel uh, seems to be another one of those uh, things that we need to experience. Now, what I don't need to experience is the constant flip-flopping of the CDC. But again, here we go. And over the past week, you saw them on a dime flip and lift the restrictions for masks indoors and outdoors for those who have been vaccinated. Now, it was only days prior where they said, in spite of of getting a vaccine for the near future, you still have to wear a mask indoors and and outdoors and socially distance and this, this, and that. And seemingly on a dime, that flipped. I don't know what necessarily changed. You can cue your conspiracy theories all you want, but they said, well, no, if you've been vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask indoors or outdoors. And almost immediately you saw these series of bizarre tweets from Biden and Harris saying something along the lines of, well, here's the new rule. If you don't want to wear masks, get vaccinated. Otherwise, you need to wear a mask. You know, there are a couple of things that really get under my skin about that. First things first, here's the rule. Um, dude, <laughs> I do I need to remind you that you don't rule over us. I don't and I'm not aware of any law that's requiring masks in mass across the country. In fact, I saw my boy Abbott down in Texas signed a bill that outlaws mask mandates on government property and in schools. So kudos to Texas again, leading the charge in their Neanderthal thinking, which we seem to be embracing now. I mean, it was only a couple of weeks or months ago that that you know, Texas and Florida were were Neanderthal thinking, putting people at risk, and there was going to be super spreader events and. 
as they lift their mask mandates for everyone, not just the vaccinated, their numbers are are going down and down and down, which seems to fly in the face of everything we heard. But here we go. And and just as quickly, you know, you, you see that reflected out and about, which is it's, it's something that's very surreal to see how people are just so willing to blindly follow any governmental edict or order or suggestion. And and I, I saw in the past couple of days, I, I went to games at Wrigley Field the past couple of days. And one thing that I noticed for sure, and in contrast to the games that I went to just weeks ago, you know, walking from the train to the park on the streets, you saw several people walking around without masks. Now, again, I'm totally fine with that. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. I don't give a crap. So set the, that is, is my, as my baseline here. But I did notice in contrast to the month ago, because a month ago, everyone was wearing a mask outside, walking around on the street, inside the park. Everyone was wearing a mask. But the other day I, I saw, you know, just walking on the street, about a you know, good good amount of people were not. And then as I sat in the stands, I thought also curious because um, the, the guidance in the, in, in the park was still, while you're in the park, you know, please wear a mask at all times unless you're eating and drinking, blah, 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 blah. But then I glanced around the stadium and I kind of noticed socially distanced though they may have been, about a third of the people or so um, were not wearing their mask and they weren't, drinking a beer they weren't eating a hot dog they weren't or anything they were just sitting chatting with whoever was next to them again more power to them totally don't care but i just thought it was very interesting and then you heard some knucklehead you know girls saying oh yeah we don't need to wear a mask we're vaccinated and i thought wow that message is just permeating very very quickly and then so then i come back the next night to the game and i out of curiosity and knowing what i noticed before i sit in the stands and i look around and what was a third the night before being unmasked while they're sitting in their seats? It was almost freaking everybody and sitting in, in the, in the stands without a mask. And again, contrary to like a, a month ago, you also didn't have ushers that were going up and down, reminding people to put on their masks. They weren't doing it. I just, I found that very curious on, you know, the CDC changes their mind and not, for any particular reason that they point to, they just did in general. Although there, were, I did see something funny from from Fauci saying, "Well, you know, as the science evolves, and you know, I'm not a scientist, but as science evolves, I mean, science is science, right? I mean, two atoms of hydrogen, one of oxygen, make water. I mean, is, is that evolving exactly? It was just, it was just really weird, and I think it kind of." shows you the cover that a lot of of these charlatans like to have and they just they just throw down the gauntlet of science and no one is going to is going to contradict them or think to question them whether it's about masks and in pandemic or climate change you know or global warming no one's going to question them if they just throw down the gauntlet of science but again, it's something that uh, was a quick about face. It's another issue where Fauci is taking the contrary opinion again. And uh, here we go. And maybe it's because he was being cornered again and burned again um, by 
by um, the Senate about his involvement in the Wuhan lab uh, funding, and he's, he's, he's denying it, but he's kind of getting caught in his past um, published works and his, his past statements that he's made. Yeah, he seemed, his fingerprints seem to be a lot more on this than we've seen, but again, it's, it seems to be quietly going away that you know, all the, this uh, worry about masks and, 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 and how we need to do it, that seems to be going away quickly. Although I did see also one other very weird twist in the concern and worry about vaccines again and this is with the backdrop of that girl in the stand saying well we don't need to wear masks we've been vaccinated now one of the things that have really gotten under my skin with this vac- the vaccine push all along is as i've said before this is not a vaccine like for polio or chicken pox or wherever, where you, you get the vaccine and you are inoculated from that disease, you cannot contract that disease. That's not this, right? But people go out with the uh, with the, the comfort and knowledge saying, well, I, I got the vaccinated. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Well, I saw that this past week, Bill Maher, and uh, you know, coach of the New York Yankees, and I think a couple of players, tested positive for the virus and they have all have been vaccinated there, there were a couple of of these stories prior from for some others but this past week those were notable and just as quick the narrative pivots on that about the virus saying well you know the virus isn't going to prevent you from con- contracting it what it's going to do it's going to prevent you from spreading it and prevent you from getting sick <sighs> I just, I just can't with this. I can't, you know, pick a lane. I mean, it, it, but because what you've really described right here to me is a flu vaccine. I mean, how many times you see, you know, someone in the fall as, as flu season, cold and flu season pick up, they get the flu vaccine and they say, I'm good. I, I, I have the flu vaccine. And then a couple of weeks later, they are out for the count and they're out of work for a week because they caught a flu that just wiped them out, you know. But again, the, those flu vaccines from year to year, they're trying to guess which strains are going to be out there and they inoculate against it and hoping that even if you, you get it, this will stave it off a little bit. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to get sick or whatever. And we're seeing the same darn thing with this with this vaccine. But people are running out with the courage as though they are free from polio and apparently not. Apparently... There are some very high-level, high-profile people who are getting the are contracting COVID. Now, good thing that they're not going to get sick. Good thing that it per, you know, prevents them from from getting uh, maybe any weakness to their comorbidities that could prevent them from getting you know, having something serious happen. That's all great. But the constant flipping of this narrative is what really gets under my skin. Again, and maybe it's the Gen Xer in me that's just cannot be lied to that's just sick of hypocrisy and and with the vaccines with all things covid that's all you see is hypocrisy round around we go um but you know such is our our trip back through the 70s now lastly quick uh for our I do a quick culture up culture cancel culture update a couple of things that i thought were interesting over this past week i don't know if you saw that you know chrissy teigen was was called out by my girl Candace Owens, where it was was shown that you know, she had 
had been you know bullying on Twitter. Courtney Stodden, I think her name is. I, but the, I think at the time she was either 16 or 19, but you know, she's a teenager. But there were these just vile uh, posts on Twitter, which I think may have even been direct messages where she's a you know, just shaming her and mocking her and essentially telling her to kill herself. And she had apparently done that to a couple of others. Which, and, and this is not the first time, though, that that she has been involved in any kind of a Twitter and dust-up. She's the first one to you know, jump on the cancel train and try to cancel someone else for something that she finds objectionable. So it's quite ironic t- to now have that come back and... And bite back at her, uh, and, and I think she's already been dropped from you know, a number of stores for some home goods product line that she has. I didn't even know that was a thing, but she she has some kind of home goods line, I think, in Target and in, in a number of others, and they've already started dropping her. Which, again, it's it's kind of ironic where those who like to deny that cancel culture exists, they like to say that it's not cancel culture, it's consequence culture. Well, well, sorry, Chrissy Teigen, but this is your consequence for being an awful person and and telling teenage girls to kill themselves. But uh, you, here we are. That That's what you get for, for being a terrible person. Along the lines of cancel culture, there was also a, a big backlash, not surprising, against Joe Rogan. And on his podcast the other day, he said something to the effect that um, because of cancel culture, it's getting to the point where straight white men won't be allowed to speak in public. And, you know, and I kind of relate that being a, a straight white man. You know, you, you feel shamed, like everything you say is scrutinized and and ascribed meaning that that you don't uh, give to things and and people are out to just destroy you, not even just to silence you but to destroy your entire existence and ability to work and and that kind of thing and of course the the woke scolds on twitter were just so fast to come after him and and say i don't want to hear from you and blah 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 blah, blah and just prove his point <laughs> so thanks woke scolds of twitter you you exactly proved the point of what joe rogan was saying and it, it's just a weird th- thing that our culture is, has developed that, that if anybody says something or does something that we find objectionable even if they're dead for centuries that we need to just expunge them from any kind of uh, history or notoriety it's just really really weird and also on the the cancel culture train although it might be more cancel culture adjacent but I saw that you know Tim Tebow has signed a, a contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars to to um, be a tight end, and of course that doesn't necessarily gain, guarantee him a roster spot. He's going to have to go and, and prove himself. But Tim Tebow, I think, is an interesting case study uh, within the sporting world and and, and cancel culture. And, and you know, there's a, there, there's swift comparisons to Colin Kaepernick, and you know, people were freaking out, saying, "Well, you." Know, Tim Tebow, you know, sucks, but, you know, Colin Kaepernick can't find a job. You know, I, I hate to remind you guys, but Colin Kaepernick sucks. And he sucked back five years ago when he last took a, a snap in the NFL. And nothing has changed since then, except for him grandstanding and and creating a dust-up with all this kneeling nonsense for the national anthem, which, again, I find funny and ironic and hypocritical. If you remember when Tim Tebow was in the NFL for that brief time, he was 
he was with the you know, primarily the Broncos. You know, he would before a game he would kneel and and pray, and and people were just outraged by this, particularly in the sports media, that they were just disgusted that he'd be thrusting his faith on people and this, this, and that. And I mean, really, this dude is taking a quiet knee, and they just found that so offensive. And those same woke scolds are are the ones that champion Colin Kaepernick and and his kneeling and or or at least advocating kneeling of the national anthem in protest of police brutality or whatever nonsense they're saying. But I find it ironic that, and although not surprising, that that kind of stuff drums up when someone like Tim Tebow uh, signs a a contract with with a team that you know, has uh, you know, familiarity with the head coach there and and you know, thinking he's going to be able to find a spot with the team. And But, of course, you know the race baiters and those that want to divide us and, and just stoke hatred, they're quick to to jump on that train to try to milk it for all it's worth. But, you know, me as a, an enlightened but cynical Gen Xer is just not going to, not going to let that crap slide and, and not going to be, not going to be thrown off by it. Uh, so boy, a lot of, a lot of nonsense going on, uh, th- this past week, uh, fellow Gen Xers, but I hope you en- enjoy your nostalgia trip back to the 1970s. You know, hopefully it's just going to be, be constrained to the nonsense that we've had and it won't seep into the the world of collars and bell bottoms so I, that, that's something that i will will certainly not welcome for the 70s and, and leisure suits and whatever you know nonsense can can stay there but hopefully the the trip through the 70s will be quick and at some point sanity will reign and but it doesn't seem like it's going to. It just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. But, of course, that's what happens when you elect a very corrupt career politician to be president of the United States. But so goes. But you know, stick in there, Gen X. Keep, keep working hard. Keep you know, saving for your retirement and take care of your kids. And I'll take my water and I'll go back to work. Till next time, stay cool, Gen X.